Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zen Creator Podcast, the show that encourages ordinary people to unlock their extraordinary creativity. I'm John Hardy Bell, and today's episode is just a little bit different. So in celebration of surpassing 10 episodes, I thought it would be fun to give you 10 fun facts about myself that most people don't know. I've talked a lot over these first 10 episodes about a variety of topics, but I really haven't told you much about who I am. So I thought this would be a good time to give you some insight into that. Without further ado, let's dive into it. Hey there everyone, it is May 28th, 2018, and welcome to episode number 11 of the show. So like I mentioned at the top, this episode is going to be a little bit different, kind of special, uh, because today I'm getting a little bit personal by sharing a few fun facts about myself. There will be 10 of them to be exact, um, and I think they're kind of interesting and maybe speak to why I do what I do, both with my creativity and with this podcast. So the hope is that you guys find them interesting too. And uh, what I'll be doing is splitting this up into two parts. So I'll give you five facts in this episode, which I'll call part one, and then five facts in a follow-up episode, because I really don't want to make this too long, and I fear that once I get talking about these things, I'll kind of ramble on and on forever. I do want to keep it fun, but there's really nothing less fun than a podcast, that uh, episode that drags on forever and ever. So I will keep this relatively short and interesting. So in the spirit of that, let's go ahead and dive into the first fun fact. So the first fact is that, man, in a life that really feels like I'm a million miles removed from it now, I was once heavily involved in politics, which is kind of funny for a creative person. But um, I never really ran for office, although a lot of people told me that I should. I was more involved on the campaign side of things, on the, you know, the back end, the behind the scenes stuff. And it was kind of in keeping with my education. I had majored in political science in college, and I had, you know, the definite intention of going to law school to become, I guess, a corporate lawyer, which was kind of the thing. I didn't even really know at the time what a corporate lawyer was or what they did, but it just sounded really good. And I knew it was something that I could make a lot of money at. And so at the time, that was really, you know, the most important thing was prestige and money. But, you know, after a couple of years, I abandoned the law school thing because I knew just instinctively that I wasn't doing it for the right reasons, even at a young age. But I still stayed involved in politics for a while after that. Um, I had interned at the Colorado State Capitol for a while, and I ended up working on a few campaigns after school. Um, But, you know, there was really a lot that went on behind the scenes of that, that, really turned me off to the process. It's a really cutthroat, backstabbing kind of thing. I mean, everything that you imagine politics could be, it actually kind of is that. Even if you're just a staff person working behind the scenes, you're not in front like an actual politician. And you really have to have a serious stomach for it. You really have to be in it for whatever reasons you know that you're in it, but you have to be motivated. It's a lifestyle. It's all that you do. You live with this very insular life. That's all that you know, life is, is this is your political campaign or whatever it is that you're doing. So I came to learn that I did not have the stomach for that, you know, and plus that was around the time that I was um, really thinking about pursuing my creative interest. You know, I'd been interested in books and movies since I was a kid, but I never really acted on that as a kid or as a teenager. And it wasn't until I was an adult that I, you know, thought that I really wanted to get into it. But, you know, it wasn't all bad because when I look back on it, I can definitely say that my brief 
political career, if you could call it that, was really the best thing to happen in my creative life. Because prior to that, I'd really been on the fence about whether or not I wanted to pursue writing. And it really wasn't until I was exposed to a career that I actually hated that that and that's not too strong a word. I really did come to hate it. But it was then that I really came to appreciate the thing that I loved, which was writing and creativity. And so now I'm at the point where I don't even really follow politics, you know, which is probably a good thing for my sanity, given the current climate. But that's an entirely different subject that I won't broach here. So the point of this fun little fact, the reason why that's significant is that it shows that it's really entirely possible to start off at a place that's really far removed from what you should be doing. And for me, politics could not have been any further removed from being a creative, but you can still find your way to your real life's purpose eventually. And because I had, you know, a lot of detours like the politics and stuff, I I came to my creative life a little bit later. And honestly, there are really some days that I wish that I was still 25, you know, especially knowing what I know now with as much opportunity um, as there is. But I also know that it wasn't my time. Uh, You know, I wasn't meant to do that at 25. This is my time now to do it. So for you, if there's something that hasn't come to you yet, if your passion really hasn't spoken out to you yet, and you're a little bit older, then don't give up because it can really come out of nowhere. And my philosophy is it's always on time. It's there when it's supposed to be. You just have to be prepared to receive it. So that is the first little fun fact. Um, Let's go right into the second one uh, is that I write books under my name, John Hardy Bell. But I also have a novel written under a pen name, which is E.M. Parker. So John Hardy Bell, I write mystery novels, mostly like political thrillers, suspense, that kind of stuff, like police procedurals. But Ian Parker writes primarily supernatural stories, which is interesting, giving my worldview of things. So the novel that I published under Ian Parker is called The Thin Wall. Uh, It's a ghost story that takes place in a haunted apartment building called Corona Heights. And I actually plan to write an entire anthology series of novels set in Corona Heights. And I've already outlined three of those. So it's something that I'll definitely pursue a lot more of in the future. And I wanted to write these books under a pen name because I was worried that fans of the mystery stuff might get a little bit confused if I suddenly started publishing ghost stories. And so it could definitely be a little bit tricky, too, when you're trying to cross genres, you know, especially genres that are kind of at polar opposites, especially when you're already established in one like I was. So I thought it would be best to keep them separate. And the best way to do that was to write under a different name. So if you ever come across a book written by E.M. Parker, then you know who actually wrote that book. And that's me. Um, uh, The really fun fact here is that E.M. is actually short for Elizabeth Marie. And that's an ode to my wife, who told me for years that I needed to write The Thin Wall. I mean, she was the book's biggest champion by far. And if it wasn't for her constantly pushing me, I don't think that I've ever I ever would have written it. I mean, I conceived of the novel before I met her. We've been together for 11 years. And so I first had the thought of the novel a couple years before that. Uh, My wife's name is Jackie, but she's always loved the name Elizabeth for some reason that, you know, name has always resonated with her. And Marie is her middle name. So that's how E.M. came about. I just thought it would be a cool little thing for her. And it kind of in my mind, it's one of those things that she's like a co-author in these books that I write, too, in a sense, which is really kind of cool. So, okay, moving on to fun fact number three. I would say that I have a very eclectic taste when it comes to music. Um, I like a little bit of everything. 
never really gotten into country that much, but you know, I don't have anything against it. It just hasn't really been my thing. I primarily grew up on 1980s music and it was like R&B and hip hop, pop music and stuff. And to me, 90s hip hop is still the best musical era ever. It's still my favorite anyway. But with that said, my absolute favorite band since I've been 14 years old is Metallica. And when I say they're my favorite band, I mean like no other band is even close. I mean, I've got all their albums, T-shirts, books, DVDs. I've got a magnet on my refrigerator that my wife has let me keep up there for over a decade. And now because I've talked about them so much, I've even got my eight year old listening to some of their stuff, which is really funny because he's got his favorites and they're kind of, you know, close to mine, which is obviously warms my heart as a dad a whole lot. And I don't think he's listening to it because, you know, it's something that's impressed dad. I think he's actually kind of gotten into him, which is really cool. And I've even gone so far as to weave some mention of them into just about every story that I write. So, I mean, this is like a long time obsession territory we're talking about here. And it's funny for me, you know, being a black kid from the inner city, I can't really say where my love for that band would come from because I wasn't really exposed to heavy metal or not even really a lot of like rock music when I was young. But in middle school, this friend of mine, Skid Marr, he had uh, this tape of Master of Puppets and I'd never heard of them. I had no idea what this was. And he played this song called Orion, which is this amazing instrumental. And I was just instantly hooked. I mean, it was completely different, never heard anything like it. And it just resonated something about it. And so this is the mid eighties that we're talking about. So, you know, this was way before they were popular. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that I was the only kid in my neighborhood, you know, listening to that stuff. And so that made me kind of an outlier. And that's something I actually take a lot of pride in. I think that You have to be an outside of the box thinker to be an effective creative anyway, because, you know, society is really interested in confining us in all into these tight little boxes that make us really easily identifiable and controllable, I think, to be quite honest. But it's really important to rebel against that in any way that you can. And for me, being a Metallica fan in 1986, when there weren't a lot of Metallica fans in the mainstream period, and then certainly not a lot of Metallica fans who looked like me, you know, that was kind of my first act of rebellion. And I'm proud to say that I've been bucking the system ever since. So the point to this little fact is to never let anybody box you in. Don't let anybody define who you are or how you should think, behave, or how you should speak because of what you look like, who your family is, uh, where you come from. They laugh at you because you want to headbang. Just do what I do and headbang even harder and faster and laugh at them in the process. So moving on to the fourth fun fact about me, and I'm still staying on this musical thing, this musical theme um, ties into movies, though, is that I've I've seen the movie Purple Rain with Prince. Uh, By now, I would say it's probably 100 times. That might be a. Uh, low estimate. It may be a little bit more than that. And since, you know, Prince passed away a few years ago, I really haven't been able to watch it much um, since, you know, his passing was just one of the saddest things ever for me. And I was actually just telling my wife the other day, uh, I was talking about it, saying that it's still really hard to listen to his music. So I don't know when I'll be able to sit down to watch the movie again. Um, I did manage to see it in the theater. So after he died, um, A lot of theater chains did like a one or two night run of Purple Rain. So I did get to see that in a movie theater, 
which and I remember being a kid, you know, I was a, just a little kid when it came out and I really wanted to see it. I was just getting into Princeton and he was just becoming really popular and my mom would not let me go see it. And I just remember seeing the videos and that was just like the coolest looking movie ever. And I was just distraught. I couldn't see it. I wound up in it. I wound up seeing it a couple years later, maybe a few years later. Once it came out, it was on cable and stuff. I, I got to watch it and it just blew my mind like I figured it would. So anyway, I get, seeing it on the big screen was really kind of a you know childhood thing. You know, I, I obviously wish that it was under better circumstances. But yeah, I really love that movie um, so much so that I probably know every bit of dialogue by heart at this point. Um, and so if there are any super, you know, Prince super fans out there, then send me some kind of shout out because I, I love Prince and I love hearing from fans like me and will instantly become fast friends. So if Metallica is my favorite group, then Prince is my favorite solo artist. And, you know, I loved him so much for a lot of the same thing that I mentioned before about being an outlier. You know, he did what he wanted to do. He was authentic to himself. He didn't really care what anybody else thought about it or how he looked or how he dressed or anything. And because he was so comfortable with that lace and those high heels and that makeup, which most people think, you know, would be strange. But most people didn't blink an eye at it because it was him. You just came to understand that that was who he was. It was just him and it was perfectly natural. And so really, honestly, if you think about it, there's probably not another man in history who would have been able to get away with that to the extent that he did. But that was what made him one of a kind, really, and why I really still mourn his passing like it was someone that I knew actually in real life. So the point of that is to be yourself. And eventually, even if you're mocked at some point, if you're authentic to yourself, people will come around to who you are. So with that, let's get into the final fun fact for today. Well, that was a lot of alliteration. Final fun fact for today um, is that really I'm trying to figure out this creativity stuff, just like probably a lot of you guys are. So I've made a lot of mistakes in my creative journey and I've had some setbacks and some minor failures. The failure meaning that I stopped for a while, that I didn't believe in myself enough to keep going. To me, that's really the only failure. If you try something and you do it and it doesn't work, that's not a failure because you tried it. The only way that you fail to me is when you quit. And I did that once or twice and that was a failure, but I've managed to come back from it. And I really did learn a lot from those setbacks. And so sharing what I've learned is really the entire reason why I'm so passionate now about this podcast. You know, I don't believe that you have to have all of the answers in order to give advice or offer insight. And I really don't have all the answers to me. People who think they have all the answers are really the ones who give the worst advice anyway, because they aren't always as flexible in their thinking as someone who understands that we're all still learning about this stuff. So no matter where you're at in your journey, you're still learning. So I do feel that I do have some unique insights to offer. Uh, if I didn't, I wouldn't be doing this anyway. But, you know, those insights, they're not really born from a place of expertise or intense study or a bunch of seminars or online courses. It's really born from real life, relatable experience and genuine interest in the topics that I'm presenting to you guys and really a passion to honestly help people express their creativity in ways that are meaningful to them and that are sustainable to them, because that's really important to me. Being a creative, it's not just something that 
I do. It's something that I am. It's something to be. You know, it's a lifestyle. It's a way of existing. Now, if you've listened to my micro Zen episodes, uh, those short readings that I do for my blog posts, then you also know that I see creativity as a spiritual practice. And, you know, it's obviously grounded in just the nitty gritty, hard work, everyday, grinded out stuff. But I believe that it originates from someplace higher. And when we can tap into that higher thing, it's when I believe we can do our best work. So and I'll get into more of that in part two, because uh, I have some interesting insights there. What I'll do now is close out this episode by saying thank you for listening. And I hope that this helped you get to know me just a little bit better. There's kind of some surface stuff, but it's, you know, just fun facts. I didn't want to get too deep in this um, first episode here. And there's a lot more to come in part two. So I may be diving into some deeper stuff and some, you know, life changing things uh, that happened to me. Um, So I hope you're looking forward to that as much as I am. Now, if any of my fun little facts resonated with you, especially my fellow Metallica and Prince fans out there, shoot me an email at johnhardybell at gmail.com and tell me about it. I love to connect with you over that stuff. I also like to hear your story about being an outlier and going against the grain of expectation. And I, I guess that really kind of became the theme of this little episode, going against the grain. Those kinds of, ins- of stories really inspire me like nothing else does. So... Again, thank you guys so much for listening. If you're on the Anchor app, be sure to hit the favorite button. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you subscribe. Ratings and reviews are the best way to help the show grow. So if you have a moment to leave one, I would really appreciate that. And lastly, if you'd like to share your story of creative success or struggle, access the show notes or see what else I'm up to, please visit johnhardybell.com slash creator. I'd love to have you join the conversation. Until next time, this is John reminding you that we were put on this planet to create, so you might as well enjoy the process and be an outlier while you're at it. March to the beat of your own drum. Take care and have an amazing day.